0: Hello, I'm Frank Wright, President of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Be sure to visit our ministry website, djkm.org, where you can find a large collection of digital audio, video, and print resources. Michael Jordan is widely regarded as the greatest sports legend of all time, an icon in the sport of basketball. Jordan won six NBA championships and was voted as the league's most valuable player five times and had many more awards and accolades throughout his professional career. He even took a stab at baseball playing in the minor leagues for the Chicago White Sox. But while he was the most dominant athlete to ever play basketball, his career was full of setbacks, disappointments, and even adversity. For starters, when he was just 15, he missed the cut for his varsity high school basketball team. That ended up being no problem for him because Jordan came back the next year and broke every basketball record his high school possessed. In the NBA, Jordan was devastated by a season-long injury during his rookie year, forcing him to ride the bench. And no one can forget that 1997 championship playoff game where Jordan played with a high fever, yet propelled his team to a win. When it comes to adversity, Michael Jordan has shown he can and will overcome it. But some adversity can't be overcome by willpower or talent. Some adversity simply plants itself in our lives and stays there. What do we do then? Well, the Bible has an answer for us and it's an appropriate one for the holiday we celebrate this week. The pilgrims faced great adversity upon their arrival in the New World, yet they did not forget to give thanks. As counterintuitive as it seems, we also are to be thankful even when we face the harshest of tribulations. Dr. D. James Kennedy explains in his message, Giving Thanks in Adversity.
1: A woman was very depressed at Thanksgiving time because she had lost her husband and she felt that life now held nothing for her. And then someone came to her and said, you know, I am so thankful to God for you. And suddenly this woman's life was changed. She realized that she still was needed that there was still something in life for her to do and her despondency vanished because of someone else's thankfulness. But that same thankfulness can do the same thing for us. Are you discouraged? Are you despondent? You say, well, if, if you had my problems, you would be too. Well, let me tell you about a lady who probably had more than any of us here. When she was just a little girl, her father died, leaving her to her mother to care for her. When she was six weeks old, a careless doctor made a foolish mistake which left her blind for life. And this tragic and traumatic experience, says Nancy Lee DeMoss, would have made most people bitter and despondent, but surprisingly enough, it was not that way with her. In her autobiography, Frances Jane, whom we know as Fanny Crosby, said this, it seemed intended by the blessed providence of God that I should be blind all my life, and I thank him for the dispensation. The doctor who destroyed her sight never forgave himself. In fact, he moved out of town because he couldn't face the fact of what he'd done. But listen to what Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby of course was a great blind hymnist. And by the way, there's hardly a, a hymn that she wrote that doesn't make some reference to sight. And uh, She said this, if I could meet him now, the doctor who blinded her at six weeks, she said, I would say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, over and over again for making me blind. That blindness that many would consider as a curse, she considered as a gift from God because she said, if I were hindered by the distractions of seeing all of the interesting and beautiful objects that would be presented to me, I never would have been able to write the thousands of hymns that she wrote. Isn't that incredible? I think she wrote eight or nine thousand hymns. When she was only eight years old, she wrote her first poem. This is the poem of an eight-year-old blind girl. Oh, what a happy child I am. Do you have problems? Oh, what a happy child I am. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. So weep or sigh because I'm blind. I cannot, nor I won't. And so she has blessed the lives of countless millions of people with songs like, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Has Done, or Blessed Assurance, Jesus Is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. All the way, my Savior leads me and countless, countless others. And it was all due to her gratitude to God for the blessings that he had given to her. Truly, thanksgiving can transform the greatest of sorrows and despondencies, and tragedies into a happy and rejoicing heart. Gratitude. It can transform your life. Gratitude is something that we preach about, something we talk about, And yet, though it is the ornament of oratory, it is often absent from our practical lives. But consider today what it can accomplish in yours. Thanksgiving, or gratitude, and Thanksgiving is but the outward expression of the inward attitude of gratitude. It can, first of all, transform anxiety and worry into peace. Are you anxious today? Is your heart filled with worry? That can be transformed in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, the world is constantly engaged in trying to banish God from as much of his world as they possibly can, and they've done a pretty good job so far in dividing, as they always do, the world into the sacred and the secular and trying to more and more restrict the sacred If they had their way, it would be limited merely to your closet in your bedroom and it would not ever come out to disturb their godless sleep. But for the Christian, such a thing as that is impossible because we recognize no such dichotomy as the secular and the sacred. This is my Father's world and therefore all of it is sacred everything about it is sacred it doesn't matter whether we are eating or sleeping or playing or working everything that we do is sacred in the christian life because it all comes from god the fullness of this world is him and thanksgiving can remind us that everything comes from god William Paley, one of the great apologists for the Christian faith, said that the reason that so many people are not grateful and are insensible to the goodness of our Creator is not because of the paucity of His blessings, but rather it is because of the vast extensiveness of His bounty. God is so good to us in so many ways that we fail to see his hand at work. Consider this. Suppose we take a commonplace occurrence that happens every day in this nation, as happened to some of our own uh, members this week, the birth of a baby. Suppose, for example, that God had created everyone in the world at once and as adults, and that a baby had never, ever been born. And then suddenly, one day, a woman gave birth to a baby. Imagine it. It would be on the front page of every newspaper in the world. It would be considered a miracle. And, of course, in a sense, it certainly is even now. It would be such an astonishing thing that people would certainly see the hand of God involved in such a thing as that. Or suppose, again, that we lived in a world in which there were no flowers of any kind. And certainly, we could have had a world without flowers. And then one day, suddenly, in a certain place, something bloomed on a plant. It was a rose. Something that had never been seen before in the history of the world. It would be an astonishment why somebody would no doubt have put a fence around it and be charging admission for people to come and see it. It would be a wonder. And yet we pass by such phenomena every day and few of us stop to smell the flowers or enjoy the sight because God is so good. Suppose we lived in a world where there was no flour, no wheat, no bread. No one that had ever tasted bread. Then suddenly some started to grow and it was made into flour and baked into bread and warmed and heated and served hot with butter it would be considered absolutely the most astonishing thing. And yet, many of us had it for breakfast and hardly gave it any thought at all. You see, one reason for our ingratitude is not the paucity of God's gifts. It is the superabundance of them that we do not even realize how blessed we are. How many times we fail to look beyond the bread, beyond the miller, beyond the farmer, beyond the sun and the rain to the hand of God. But thanksgiving sees beyond the second causes to that great first cause, which is the hand and heart of God. I remember a couple of years ago, I heard, I didn't see, I'm happy to say, and have never watched the first episode of The Simpsons in the fall, and they were having a meal. Yes, I realize these are cartoon characters, but somebody wrote it, somebody produced it, somebody directed it, some people allowed it and endorsed it. And uh, they were getting ready to give thanks. And uh, one of them said, why should we give thanks to God? We earned the money. We bought the bread or whatever the food. We cooked it. We served it. What do we got to thank him for? Obviously, the writer could see nothing beyond the second causes of human endeavor. And without the hand of God, there would be no food of any sort. And so thanksgiving can transform the commonplace into that which is sacred and diffused with the presence of God. You will recall that in the first chapter of the book of Romans, where the Apostle Paul catalogs the decline of mankind into the gross depravity of sin, That after declaring that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, he then says, and neither were they thankful. And then the precipitous decline into the most gross sins, which, by the way, began with male and female homosexuality, went on. As someone said, an ungrateful person is only one step away from getting their needs met in illegitimate ways. You would never be tempted or commit adultery if you were really grateful for your spouse. You would not be tempted to steal if you were really grateful for what you had. You would not be envious of others' talents and abilities if you were grateful for those which God had given you. You would not be proud if you were thankful. You see, pride short circuits thankfulness. It cuts it off right at the individual. Well, you remember the familiar song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And by the time you get through counting all of your blessings, naming them one by one, and thanking God for each thing that he has done for you, and by the way, on our best days, in our best efforts, we don't come close to thanking God for all that he has done. But by the time you get through with that effort, you will discover that If God has done so much for you and blessed you in so many ways, surely there's no need to be anxious about anything. Central Africa, they have a habit among the Christian community that I think is interesting. Whenever they meet another Christian, they don't say good morning or how are you. They say thank you brother, thank you sister. When I read that, I thought that some of you won't understand that and some of you don't. I can tell by your faces, but they're thankful for all their brothers and sisters in Christ who make up that wonderful family of God in which we are so interdependent upon one another for the blessings that we have. How many people have blessed your life and how seldom do some people ever tell them about it? Everybody needs encouragement. I wonder when the last time you told anyone that you were thankful to God for them. You know, large-souled people are people who are grateful. And small-souled people are people who are not. And they seldom or ever express their gratitude and thankfulness to anyone for anything. I think they are certainly to be pitied. Uh, Perhaps to be pitied almost as much as those who have to live with them. Are you a large-souled person, a grateful soul? Do you look for things to be thankful for? Are you truly thankful? Is there an attitude of gratitude that underlines the words of your lips and gives them meaning? May I say, finally, do you realize how dependent we are on so many people for the good things of this life? How often do you express it? If you would have friends, be grateful. And thus, gratitude can transform a lonely person into a person that has friends. The ungrateful person rarely has any friends at all because the ungrateful person is fixated upon himself and not upon the expression of gratitude to anyone else and I might add here that in this expression of thankfulness which first of all is to God and then to others who are his second causes one prayer that I've always noted is a prayer of a Christian but never the prayer of one who is not and on this Thanksgiving Day I would ask you this question. And it's a question which will reveal whether or not you really are a Christian. Have you ever prayed, I thank you, Lord, for the gift of eternal life? I thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given me of heaven. Only a Christian can pray that prayer. Only a Christian like Fanny Crosby could write, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. The reason for that is very simple. You can't be thankful for what you don't know that you have. In case some of you don't even know this, You can know that you do have eternal life, and you can only know it when you realize that it is free. It is a gift. It was paid for at infinite cost by our Savior and offered freely to those who would receive him as Lord and Savior of their heart and trust in him alone for their salvation. Have you received that gift? If not, I would urge you to go to Christ right now and ask him to fill your heart with that joy that comes to those who have placed their trust in him and have accepted him as Savior and Lord and have received that free gift of eternal life. May we pray. Father, forgive us for our little gratitude, for our lack of thanksgiving to you and to others. We thank thee this day, O God, those who have received it, for the gift of everlasting life. And for those who have not, I pray that your spirit will enable them to say right now, Lord Jesus Christ, I do want that gift of eternal life. I realize that I am not worthy of it and never can be, but I accept it freely as a gift from you, paid for by Christ. Come into my heart and live your life in me and make me a grateful person for all of your bounties. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I hope you just prayed that prayer with Dr. Kennedy. And if you did, we have a special gift to help you grow in your new faith. It's the book written by Dr. Kennedy for new believers, entitled, Beginning Again. As you read it, you'll learn how to study the Bible, how to pray, and so much more. It's yours when you write to our address or call our toll-free number and ask for Beginning Again. God bless you as you do.
0: God has His reasons for allowing times of difficulty and hardship to come. Even though we might easily become angry or embittered, we need to learn to see everything put in our path as coming from the hand of an almighty, all-wise, and all-loving God. The pilgrims celebrated their first Thanksgiving in America when half of their traveling party had died the previous year. They gave thanks in the midst of privation. But by God's grace, they later celebrated Thanksgiving in great abundance. Sadly, not many today know America's true history, nor how so many of our settlers, founders, and leaders have relied on the promises of the God of the Bible. But we have a resource that will help remedy that lack. It's the book, God's Promises for the American Patriot, by Dr. Richard Lee and Jack Countryman. This book pulls together exciting stories and character sketches ranging from the founders up through our own day and connects their work to the biblical promises of God. There's no book quite like this, and we want you to have it as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. Learn how Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Dwight Eisenhower, among many others, looked to the scriptures for guidance and saw the promises of God fulfilled in their own lives in the history of our nation. This 197-page book features dozens of short chapters that can easily be read each day as a devotional reminding you of the unbending promises of God drawn from the scriptures. You'll be encouraged and edified, and you'll want to share this book with your children and grandchildren as well. The book is God's Promises for the American Patriot, and we'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box one eleven sixty four. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 333-39 or call toll-free 888-332-3069 or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.